Man, the Brooklyn Nets are making a coaching change. Kawhi's health is causing some level of concern in La La Land. And Kyrie Irving probably needs to start burning even more sage. I'm Rosa Panza. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? You know me. Man, I'm feeling good too. John, how you living, my friend? Hey, belated happy Halloween, scary hours for all of our teens. Let's get it. Oh, man, you're absolutely right. Sammy, welcome back, my friend. How are you? Good to be back, man. Other than the fact that my team will never be healthy again and Kawhi might not put on a jersey until it's a Halloween costume, I'm good. (laughs) Well, we'll talk about that a little later. First off, we got to talk about this big news that dropped today. Steve Nash and the Brooklyn Nets have mutually parted ways, according to sources of ESPN, um, Adrian Wojnarowski. And this is what Sean Marks had to say. He said, we want to thank Steve for everything he brought to our franchise over the past two plus seasons. Since becoming head coach, Steve was faced with a number of unprecedented challenges. And we are sincerely grateful for his leadership, patience and humility throughout his tenure. Personally, this was an immensely difficult decision. However, after much deliberation and evaluation of how the season has begun, we agreed that a change is necessary at this time. Steve Nash had some good things saying he had amazing experiences uh, experience and it came with incredible challenges and is incredibly grateful. I want to ask you guys, was this warranted by the Brooklyn Nets, the firing of Steve Nash? Did you think it was warranted? Warranted? I don't know if it was warranted. It might have been necessary just to... How, this was the most toxic team I could think of in the last two decades, maybe. Something obviously had to change. Kyrie's recent comments, we'll say, didn't add to, or didn't make things any easier. And Nash looked a little overwhelmed. I don't know if there was any coach out there, with the exception of Phil Jackson, circa 2001 or 2002, that could have handled this team. I just think Nash was in an impossible situation. He seemed miserable by, miserable by the end of this whole thing. So, warranted, no. hard to say. Necessary, yes. I'll leave it at that. John, what do you think? Definitely not warranted, no. Because when you have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, and 11 Shanghai Sharks, future Shanghai Sharks on your team, <laughs> not even Phil Jackson. <laughs> Uh, circa 2000, 2001, could save this team. It's not, look, Nash could have done a few things here and there, but the team was just completely unbalanced. And in the NBA today, as you guys can see, based on, on the start of the season and the last couple of years, frankly, teams that are top heavy, the super teams, aren't thriving like they used to. So the Nets, what they yeah. built here is difficult for them to succeed. So I would be shocked, and JJ, I want to get your thoughts on this, but in June as well. I'm, I would be shocked if the Nets all of a sudden just started to thrive and do well. I think they're just going to struggle the same way they would have if they didn't fire Nash. Do you agree? Disagree? Well, it's going to be really difficult for a team that two days ago was last in defensive rating actually jump even 10 spots with that, you know, current roster, number one, number two. Look at the leaders 
and I hate to point out, you know, Durant and Kyrie, but even in the very beginning, when Nash got hired, when you have one of your leaders and best players and Kyrie Irving say, we don't even need a coach, that, that just sets a bad precedent for all your other players, number one. And number two, like if you have a bad, well, I don't want to say bad, but a front office, like how the Nets is being run, where they're like wishy-washy with COVID. They don't really put their foot down with Kyrie and his stance on COVID and if you should get the vaccine or not. And then you have KD saying, I want to be traded. And then you allow, you know, DeAndre Jordan to be signed for that much. What was it like 9 million? You guys could correct Ten. me if I'm wrong. Right? So yeah. I, I think that combination, it was just, it was, it started, it was destined to be doomed, right? And June, you, you know how KD is, you know how yeah. Kyrie can be. Like, did they have any choice, like, in this whole matter with Steve Nash? Like, what Sammy was saying, it's just like, they had no choice. This is the first escape goat, which is probably going to be a domino effect for other things to follow, which we'll probably talk about later in the pod. But yeah. that's my whole take. Like, it's destined to be, like, doomed. This is, like, a really big surprise to me that Steve Nash is out of there because I don't think that if I'm looking at the Brooklyn Nets situation, I don't think anyone was talking about how toxic Steve Nash was. Like, if you want to try to identify yeah, who the toxic Durant. people were, you know, it's Kevin Durant, it's Kyrie Irving, it's this whole Ben Simmons situation. So maybe try to move one of those three firing steve nash just kind of puts the blame on somebody it seems like and i don't know if joe sai gave in to kevin durant i don't know if he was kind of speaking behind closed doors like see i told you we gotta fire this guy we gotta fire this guy i'm wondering if sean marks is kind of looking over his shoulder too thinking that he might be next as well um yeah on, based on, on his no based on his no, post game conferences yeah he's probably looking over his shoulder he but, actually um, just released the info that he didn't even consult KD or Kyrie before Nash's exit, which I don't oh know. man, so I think that's controversial. On the subject of March, though, too, I mean, if we're gonna, we clearly we're gonna start playing the blame game here. We've all talked about this ad nauseum. The roster construction of this team is not good. They can't defend. Yeah, doesn't that come back a little bit to the general manager? I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it should. Absolutely. I mean, I, I saw a lineup tonight that was like Kyrie Irving, Sumner, some dude named Dale Duke and Claxton. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, what yeah. is that? Like, what, like, what am I watching here? So you know, it, this is not going to be a top defensive team or a top offensive team. That kind of lineup. in the future yeah. Shanghai Sharks, like I said. <laughs> but this feels like barring the barring the turnaround in season of the likes of which we've never seen doesn't it feel like this team's destined to clean house at the end of the season new gm they're gonna unload Kyrie is there's no way Kyrie's going back there at this point free agent not whatever oh. he's not coming back that, that means they I, gotta trade him right it, well his contract expires and now you have to ask and i know we'll get into this shortly with his current controversy who's trading for him like who's gonna bring that into their locker room? So you have that, and then well, they just well, cut bait well. with Durant also at that point. Like, yeah, he's a free he's a free agent at the end of this year, Kyrie. So they would have to trade him by February, but then the question becomes: Is yeah, anyone willing to take him on right now? No, 
for that much baby. of a for that much. <laughs> yeah, you you would say that. I think the I only way the Lakers right would even now consider are... it now is without the picks. I want to say something to you right now that can't I can't say because it would have to be censored and we, we're live. So you know what? That's okay. But I will say this: the Lakers better not do that because it's a short-term rental. Obviously, a lot of risk. I would take Kyrie in the offseason if he took a massive hit. I would take him for maybe $7 million a year, which would never happen. But that's the only way I would allow him to be a Laker in a short-term deal. John, serious question. Serious question. No picks, no nothing right now in this moment. Straight up Kyrie for Westbrook. Would you do it? Right now. I don't know, man. My my ad, my my, uh, Laker homer glasses and my delusion of that one good Westbrook game off the bench has given me a slither of hope. Oh no. Hey man, I did know. you check Kyrie's numbers tonight? He had Ben Simmons numbers. Yeah, Four he points, did. Two I out mean, of 12. That's like, like 0 for 6 add, on 3. Adding a negative to to another negative or subtracting an, or a negative with a negative or replacing a negative I should say. So I, I mean, that's a harder uh, maybe two weeks ago I had a definite, definitive answer Sammy. But right now, I, I don't, I'm not so sure. It's hard to say, right? Things have changed. Yeah. Hey, I have a question about this real quick before we move on, guys. Do you think, and this is just my uh, tinfoil hat on, do you think that they strategically announced this on the same day as the NFL trade deadline where there were a lot of moves just to kind of... I guess not have a lot of talking heads and and people, you know, be at the forefront of the news. Do you think that's a a possibility? I am 100% in belief that teams and media and organizations drop news at specific times based on the reactions that they want. I completely believe that that was done on purpose today. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm agree. Yeah, I'm, I 100% agree that it's that it was on purpose. But I'm gonna have us move on to like this sort of next subtopic here. You know, we all talked about how Steve Nash was put into this position where it didn't really seem like he was going to succeed there. The Nets already have their eyes on the next head coach, apparently, and it is Ime Udoka which is a complete surprise where the Celtics have agreed to allow Ime Udoka basically to to have contract talks with other teams and they're going to completely just wipe away his contract after his off-season controversy. First I'm I'm going to I'm going to go with, with the basketball um aspect of this. Do you guys think Ime Udoka could fix what's going on with the Nets right now? Um they're getting someone that's well respected. They're receiving someone that coached their opposing team with a 4-0 spanking, to put it yeah. bluntly. Will Kyrie and Katie follow uh, Udoka? I would hope so, but they have a really bad track record. Kyrie has had 12 coaches, guys, in the last 10 years. 12 coaches in the last 10 years. When KD was at OKC, okay, I had my gripes with Scott Brooks, but he did lead a young team, developing team at that, to the finals. When he, sure. got to, when he went to Oakland with the Warriors, KD didn't really follow Steve Kerr and actually talk smack about Steve Kerr. Is there anyone that KD will listen to? I don't know. Maybe it's a Doka, but the track record for the two best players doesn't look good. 
Sammy, what do you think? Well, I mean, at least they're finally doing something that's non-controversial. Um, <laughs> wait, no. wait, wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> I, I said some sarcasm here. Hold I see what you did there. So, uh, we got a funny man here. If, <laughs> uh, if you take the off the court stuff away, if, if he okay. still commands yeah. the same respect in the locker room, it's a great hire. I mean, we saw mid season that that Celtics team was, I believe, 2021. And whatever he did to them, they are now one of the most formidable teams in the league and nearly won the title. I mean, you can't argue with those results, right? But it's so hard to say until he starts this job how the offseason affected his reputation in, that lo- in the locker room until he's back in a locker room, right? So the fact that the Celtics are so willing to walk away, not ask for draft compensation, let him out of his contract, that really does speak some volumes. And yeah. And see that that's the thing about this that's getting to me. So if if we were able to separate the on court from the off court, I purely on the on court side, I think this was a home run hire. And I think in the in a weird way, you can almost do that more with the players than you can with the coaches, because the coaches, what the coach does off the court to me feels like it affects more of the on court product because they're not actually playing the games. If that if that makes sense. In, in the way I'm trying to explain it because it's harder to separate for them. So I would be curious if he walks into this locker room, which is so difficult, clearly, if he can command the room and kind of unify them because that that seems like it's such an impossible task to me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that. And June and John, I know you're about to put your take, but uh, no even draft compensation. That's kind of They just weird, wanted him right? out, man. They like, just wanted to get rid of him. You don't give away free gold, even though it's a little tainted, right? Or sorry, maybe it's tainted, but no one knows. I feel like there's a lot more to the story that we don't have. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, completely. Yeah. It's behind the scenes that something happened that parties agreed not to, whatever, whether it's money exchanges yeah. or promises or whatever it may be. I, I think there's a lot more to the story, which is being kept under wraps. I will say this, Sammy, I agree and I disagree with you. Yeah. Udoka gets a lot of credit for what he did to the Celtics midseason because he turned that team around. 180, 100%, 180 degrees. But that team was way more balanced and way better built, in my opinion. I would agree completely with that statement. That you can mold them into something like that. I mean, they had Robert Williams, Grant Williams, obviously Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, they had Al Horford, they had a right. lot of pieces on this team, right. and there were they were deep. The Nets are not like that. They have they are top heavy, and as much as I agree that coaching can make a difference, you can only go really as far as your personnel will take you on the basketball court. And so that's why I think it's going to be limited. Bro, I wanna get your thoughts on that. I think his what he can contribute in terms of success will be limited because of that. And so I could see them making the playoffs, but I, I just, I don't like the makeup of the team. And then you add Ben Simmons to it. They got worse with Ben Simmons and he has his own issues, but I just don't see it. I think they could be a slightly above average at best. The, the way that I'm looking at the, this like Brooklyn Nets team right now is they kind of look like a play-in team. Is that too bold to say? Not at all. I mean, I think at this point, playing might be 
I don't want to say the ceiling because it's hard to say that with a Durant uh, with Durant as part of the team. But look at how this team is playing. I mean, I, I think that's perfectly in line. Am I wrong? Like, do you guys do you guys think that this team is no, a walk for the playoffs? I'm going to completely agree. And like, if I'm going to do a revisionist history here of last year, I really thought that the Nets could have won that trade by getting Ben Simmons for James Harden. But now it seems like the 76ers really won that trade with James Harden having like a revitalized season. And Ben Simmons is just like a corpse out there, man. Yeah. He does nothing positive on that end, like whatsoever on the defensive or or offensive side. So like having Ime Udoka, all I could really say is maybe you'll go up one seat. That's it. If you were eight, you could go up to seven. That's that's Agreed. really 100%. the only thing that I see with this roster, dude. Um, but I'm going to take us actually to our next subtopic here. We're going to talk about Kyrie Irving, who has been under fire because on social media, he promoted a anti-Semitic film. And his recent game or the recent like uh, Knicks game or sorry, Nets game. There was actually a group that arrived at Barclays Center wearing shirts that read fight anti-Semitism. And it's just, it's causing a lot of attention. And I wanted to ask you guys from a basketball standpoint, what do you guys think about Kyrie Irving again this year, possibly being a distraction for the Brooklyn Nets? Possibly. I think he's already a distraction. <laughs> he's already a distraction, right? You um, correct. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, we we want to talk basketball here. Um, unfortunately, when the drama is so big, it could it could potentially lead to the performance on the court, and we've seen that happen last year with Kyrie. So, how did that how did that happen? I mean, there's a long laundry list, but. For one, there was a time when he refused to take the vaccine. You could go back the year before that when he needed to take a mental break, which is fine, but not calling any of his teammates or coaches. And then there's social media posts of him partying, taking shots and like, hey, man, I'm all I'm all for like relaxing. But you also have to be a professional. And right now, whether you disagree or agree with Kyrene, the objective stance is that it's causing this drama and unwanted attention. And it's like, as a business owner, would you would you want that? Like, look at look at what they've done. They hired a coach that is in legal trouble right now. You have your best player that requested a trade. Now you have Kyrie, who is this guy who Controversial tweet with Alex Jones. Controversial tweet within the Jewish community. And it's just like, where's his head at? It's not even about basketball. That's my thing. Like, we all want to see Kyrie play ball, but can we all agree that his focus is not on the court? Because it seems like that. Definitely. And I think we obviously all don't know Kyrie personally, um, but based on what he does on social media it just gives the impression that he wants to come off as very educated and aware and you know what i'm saying like he's almost trying to present this image and he's trying so hard to to cultivate 
this perception of himself that he's made himself a total sideshow. Like, never mind the yeah. nature of what he posted, just the way he goes about managing his social media, I'll say. And now, yeah, you can't look at him as for his on-the-court stuff without talking about all this nonsense off the court anymore. Like, like JJ was saying, like, we can't appreciate the basketball player because you have to think about everything that goes behind it. And if he is the point guard, the point guard traditionally in the past has been the leader of the team. Like, how can any of the other guys in that locker room look at this guy with any confidence and say, this is our leader, this is the guy we want to play behind, you know? So, right. it's just, it's so toxic. Just, it's, uh, that, I just, I can't imagine the, the chemistry on that team being remotely positive at this point. I mean, what do you guys think? Ding, ding, ding. You hit the, the word that you said was 100% accurate. Toxic. That's exactly what this is. And it's not even about promoting discussion or talking about social issues or doing whatever outside of basketball. That in itself is, is, is a part of the game now. That's a part of our culture. That's what people do. But the way he goes about it and some of the things that he says, and it's 100% a huge distraction. Like JJ said, it's not probably, it's definitively. And, and it's getting progressively worse season after season after season. And that's why I had so much pause when you guys were, were ragging on, on, on about the Lakers, because I honestly don't even, I don't think I would even step into that water. I wouldn't even put my, dip my toes in that water because it is, it's becoming, you know, the line has been crossed. I guess you could say. Yeah. And if it continues to be like this, I mean, you have to start questioning, is he going to even be in the league in the next few years? I mean, is that, like, do you guys think that's, that's that far-fetched? That's no, I, valid. Dude. We're on like, the way there, man. We're, we're really so. on the way there. And I think, like, it's so weird, because, like, Kyrie Irving now, to me, just seems like someone that loves to be controversial that is now like taking it too far. Like first it was kind of cute and kind of funny where it's like, oh yeah, I believe in the flat earth, you know? <laughs> That's and, harmless, right? And it's now, dumb, but it's harmless. Now it's like promoting this movie that has misogyny, homophobia, xenophobia, Islamophobia. Now it's not funny. It's like if, if I had a story on my Instagram and I, and I posted about, about Magic Mike, okay? You he guys did. would all and he, and he has, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. He and he has. Which, no, which I is totally, not. which is totally I, fine. No, 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 it's totally fine. But like, just say it. okay. Go ahead. You guys would be hitting me up with hundreds of questions, and if I responded with, "Just because I repost it, doesn't mean I like it," like that doesn't make any no. sense whatsoever. And that's the way Kyrie Irving defended this. So it's man, I'm I just don't know where his head's at, and I guess only time will tell. But we're gonna take, actually, we're not gonna take a break yet. We're gonna talk about potential trades with Kyrie Irving. I know we talked about Westbrook and Kyrie straight up. Do you guys have another trade in mind that would be kind of like interesting if Kyrie's on his way out? I have something in mind, but it actually doesn't involve Kyrie because I don't know if we can do anything with Kyrie. So can I can I suggest one for KD instead? Yeah. Yeah. So here's what I have in mind for Katie right now. And it, I will tell you, I was unsure about it, but I at least find it interesting. 
So trying to find KD a trade partner was so difficult, right? Because you have to find a team that didn't have to liquidate their assets, that was willing to buy in, and that could still win with what they had. And so that was the offseason, right? So now we go into the season, my thought is one of two ways. Either a team that is doing surprisingly well that thinks they have a shot where maybe they didn't in the offseason, or a team that is underperforming expectations slightly that might want the boost. So I figured, okay, let's let's throw both of them in and let's do a little three-team deal. So here's what I came up with. Ooh, okay. The Denver Nuggets <laughs> and the Busted Buckets own number one-seeded Portland Trailblazers. Oh, okay. Here's what I came up with. KD lands in Denver in this scenario. What? Portland lands Michael Porter. Okay. Going to Brooklyn, and so this is the part where you have to figure out, do the pieces add up to enough? And this is what I came up with. Before the picks, part of this is salary, part of this is prospects. Bones Highland, under contract for three years at 2.2 a year. Shaden Sharp, who the Trailblazers have been very impressed with early mm -hmm. on. Six million a year for the next four years. And then to make the money work, uh, Jeremy Grant, who's making 21 this year. Jeff Green, who I also want Jeff Green to play on every single NBA team before he <laughs> retires. So I, I think he he's already been in Brooklyn, but this will be round two. Uh, in addition to that, you're probably putting together a combination of, I want to say, let's call it about roughly five first round picks and pick swaps on some level. So that's what I came up with. Portland stays with a younger squad since that's clearly where they're going for outside of Dame, of course. So Porter kind of fits that mold. And it's probably more likely Porter will be happier in Portland than KD to Maine. KD lands in Denver, gives Denver Jamal Murray, KD, and Jokic for at least the next couple of years. What do you guys think? No for Portland, because they are 5-1 and one at the top of the Western Conference and going <laughs> to win it all this year. Right, bro? Come on. <laughs> I don't. I don't it, think they're willing to give up Shaden Sharp. Okay. So easily, I don't think they. I don't think Portland believes Michael Porter Jr. is a good investment for the future. Okay. Bold as that might seem. He's, his back is the biggest question mark, and I think yeah. it will be for his entire career. I that I agree with. I do agree with that. It's just I know how much they struggle getting a num a true number two. That was my logic here, but I completely understand your guys' concerns. JJ, any thoughts? No, I was just saying that that the Portland fan base, they are in love with Sharp. Mm -hmm. They're they're going to ride this this train with what they're going because they're winning. And they look good, and I don't think they want to break that. But uh, if Katie goes on the Nuggets, that's very interesting. I was actually thinking that should the Nets start trading their most valuable assets, like what we're discussing now with Katie and Kyrie, and I don't know. <laughs> I wanted to ask Jun and RJ, but I'm, am I being blasphemous if I'm thinking KD for our youth, for the Warriors? For the Warriors? <laughs> oh, man. I, I want more crazy? time for that Warriors team to figure it out, but it'd be a lot of fun if KD came back to the Warriors. Um, the Warriors are three no, and four, and JJ wants to get rid of everybody already. Yeah, so, no picks Draymond, involved. I'm just saying, man. With Draymond's no going to have another person to punch, dude. 
<laughs> With no picks involved, KD straight across for Wiggins, Wiseman, and Kaminga works under the cap. I'm just going to throw that out there oh, to you and, oh leave, my and leave it alone. Okay, I, I have a three-way trade. All right. Okay. Lakers, Pacers, Nets. Of course, the, the Pacers, they get Kyrie Irving. The Nets get Russell Westbrook in hopes to revitalize him. And the Lakers get healed and Turner. Oh, so not even Kyrie. And then huh? the picks, they're split evenly between the Pacers and the Nets. So are all the picks coming out from the Lakers then? They're coming from the Lakers. So basically one team gets the 27 and one team gets the 29 because that's all they have left. Yes. Got it. Okay. No. Who says no? Oh. Okay. <laughs> John no. shuts it down immediately. I want to hear this. You don't want healed or, or Turner. You know, before I changed, I changed my opinion on it. And the reason why is because the more and more I let it sit and marinate, those two picks, and I think I told you guys this via text, but those two first round picks in 27 and 29, they are the difference. And I know that's five and seven years away from now. But that I think those two picks are going to be the difference between the Lakers being bad for a short, shorter period of time and a very long time. Because those picks are valuable because LeBron James is going to be retired. I mean, we can assume that, right? He, unless yeah, he pulled a Tom Brady yeah. out here. And Anthony Davis, who knows where he'll be. He, I mean, his contract will be up at that point. I don't know if the Lakers are going to resign him. He's going to be pretty old. And I think the Lakers are going to be terrible. And so those draft picks are going to be high. And who knows it's going to be the draft class. But I feel like you, when you have an opportunity to draft great players, that is a, that's going to shorten the rebuild period. And I, I think they're super valuable. So I would say no. And do I don't think, think Miles and Heald take us over the top. And that's, that's also part of it as well. I'm going to agree with John on this. I, I think the Lakers need to protect those picks unless they're getting like a top 25 player in the league. Because, oh, man. Which is going to be hard. And I don't know if they're going yeah. to, but it's right. just how... This is it. These are the last two assets they have unless they can somehow accumulate more picks. And Turner and Heald look solid, but I agree. I mean, if the Lakers add Turner and Heald to the current team with Westbrook going out... Six seed, seven seed, realistically. Like, is that where we're, is that what we're looking at like, roughly? At yeah, six, seven, seven. Like at best to me, at best, and this is being very optimistic. Fourth, fourth seed. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go against the grain. I'm gonna say do it. You got LeBron James. You would say and that. And AD. And <laughs> you have LeBron James. Um, guys, drafts. It's very, very rare that you hit on your pick. It could be like the 2000 draft. Imagine that your best player out of that draft is Hido Turklu, Kenyon Martin, and Michael Reed. Yeah, yes, JJ, you're right. Let me interrupt. You are right, but it could also be not like that. It could be a Kevin Durant, Durant draft, right? It could right? be, like, but you, you also don't have, know. You have LeBron James. I, I get it. I understand. <laughs> Man, I'm with I, JJ here. You doing I'm, it? I'm with JJ. I'm doing it. And the reason why is because I don't know the next time 
that the Lakers are going to be even close yep. to having a LeBron James and an AD. True. I yep. don't know when that will happen. That could be literally 20 years from now. But what I do know today is that they don't have the complementary pieces for them to succeed. Hey, 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 hey. Kendrick Nunn, come on. <laughs> Austin Reeves, how dare you? Listen, uh, I'm, I'm pulling on my Austin Reeves jersey right now. You better stop <laughs> not your mouth, dude. All right, well, on, on that note, I have one more out of left field one. I want to see what you all think. Okay. Unless, is there any more commentary on the last one? Or are we nope. Go for it, go for it. Go. All right, so thinking about Ben Simmons on this one, if you could say that he needed a couple things to thrive, my thought would be a market no one cares about. No offense to the market I'm going to name. And either an out-of-the-box coach or an elite coach, right? I think he needs those two things. What do you uh, What do you think? What, what market? Is there a market that comes to mind? Well, the two things I just described. Elite Lakers. coaching. What's that? I'm just playing. I said the Lakers. <laughs> Lakers, nice. Elite, elite coach market that no one really pays attention to. Elite coach market that no one pays attention to. I oh, can't I, even. San Antonio. Oh. That's the market I'm thinking of. Here's the trade. Doug McDermott, Josh Richardson, and I think it's Jakob Podol, their center. Yeah, yeah. Balances out the nets a little bit. The net, uh, they send, the Spurs send a relatively protected first round pick, call it top 15 protected or so. Simmons goes there, no pressure on him. Pop can do whatever he wants to try to maximize his talent. Oh man. And it kind of, it gives the Nets some three point shooting. It gives them another wing. It gives them a big that can protect the basket. Is Ben Simmons worth Jakob Pertl? <laughs> I, I think this? that we... one I think he is that one I think okay. he is just because if we've oh, seen man. him we've seen him be an all NBA player True. so the question now is can anyone unlock that again I don't, I don't think the Spurs would do it just because they've had all that drama with Kawhi mm. they, they just want people that want to play ball I mean, if they if they want to ensure that when Benyama pick, I mean, having <laughs> Ben Simmons around is an idea. Yeah. So that's where my head's at. Anyway. I agree. I agree with that. Okay. Anyway, we're going to take a short little break with a word from our sponsor. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball's back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this weekend and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Wow. All right. On to our last couple of topics here before we, we end this episode. So, guys, Kawhi Leonard. And I, I'm 
doing my best not to smile or be happy about, about this because it's not it's not it's not great news it's like you never want to see somebody injured but you do want to see your arch rival suffer your team suffer and that's kind of where i'm at it's a little bittersweet for me but anyway back to the topic so Kawhi leonard is going to mix miss the next six games and we are granted we're seven games into the season okay and there were new there are, there's now news that Kawhi Leonard's knees are flaring up knee whatever it may be I'm not sure the, the, the details here but his knee is flaring up there's stiffness from his surgically repaired right knee okay so he's gonna miss six or seven games however that may be maybe more he's frustrated that's a quote from coach Tyron Liu he wants to be out there and and added add to this he cannot travel he wants to travel, but the doctor said it's not the right thing with the sniffness that he's going through. So he can't even be with the team through the stretch of mm. games. And I know we've been talking about this at ad nauseum for, I'm sorry, Sammy, for the last few years about Kawhi Leonard. And I want to pose a, 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 maybe a different question. Do you guys think that this is not only a threat to the Clippers, obviously, but do you think this is a threat to Kawhi Leonard's career? He's in his early 30s he's having a lot of issues particularly with his knees do you think that he may only have a few years left in this league because of his injury concerns man i'm i'm concerned about it i've thought about it um this was supposed to be the year that the clippers were all healthy after Kawhi basically sat out the whole year, year last year and it's super disappointing, man, because they were supposed to be such a powerhouse in this league. They were favorites, one of the favorites of many to win the title this year. And the way that things are shaping out, I don't know if I could call them favorites. I don't know if I could call them a powerhouse anymore. That's where my head's at with this. What do you guys think? Well, if Kawhi only played 52 games for the 2020 to 2021 season, didn't play any games last season and then this year he's already you know taking time off for load management it is concerning because now he's gonna be compared to AD and he has been being, being compared to AD and I don't know who would you rather have AD or Kawhi at this this moment do I dare say that AD is more reliable uh oh I think we're, would I I think we're splitting would I, hairs here. Would I, would, I, I, would, I rather get, would I rather get slapped in the face or would I rather get punched in the face? I have no comment. Um, yeah, man, this, this kind of sucks. I was cautiously optimistic at the start of this year, and I was completely on board with the thought of bringing him off the bench, easing him in. And I think yeah. when we talked about the season preview, I figured that no one on this team was going to play more than 65 games this year, that they were just going to be rotating lineups in and out, trying to keep guys healthy. And the fact that it took all the two games for something to pop up with his knee, obviously, I mean, it's it's wildly concerning. And I haven't heard this anymore. This is purely me speculating. But you do wonder, since obviously the quad is right above the knee, if the quad issue he had over the last few years is kind of manifesting itself in that... Mm his body's literally just breaking down at this point. And obviously, I hope not as particularly as a Clippers fan, but just a fan of good basketball. I'd, you know, you'd like to hope that this gets figured out after 10 or 15 games. He gets back on the court and 
I mean, for yeah. me, I, I hope I would care less if he plays 20 regular season games if he shows up in the playoffs. But you just can't. Even the biggest ultimates cannot have any faith in that right now until we see him back on the court. And the fact that even the team just when the team talks about him now, the last couple of games, it's been kind of almost like they're hoping and it's not when he gets back on the court kind of thing. And so, yeah, all jokes aside, yeah. like you don't want to see that with any, any player, especially with a player of his stat, stature and, and his uh, how good he is. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it seems like it could be a degenerate, de- degenerative disease, which is scary you know what i mean like it's not a thing where it's gonna heal fully and it might just get worse and worse with age so you know hopefully he can he can work through it but yeah those off-season pictures of Kawhi's thighs as well i was like this guy's healthy he looks super healthy because they were like huge thighs yeah (laughs) and it's so surprising man that he's already injured so yeah i mean he's so efficient like from the mid-range and he gets to his spots and we we often forget what he could do on defense. He's probably up there with Giannis. I'm going to say that uh, with confidence. I'll just say that with confidence that he could dominate a game with defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and guard one through five, which is a rare, rare feat. Only yep. him and Giannis. And I'll even put Kawhi because or Kawhi above Giannis because Kawhi could guard the the point guard. So. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, we just want to see everyone play, man. That's what it comes down to here. For sure. Yeah, it's depressing. (laughs) Anyway, that's actually all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thanks, listeners. Appreciate it. John, thanks for being on, man. Feeling good, feeling... Never mind, you know what, you know what it is. Hey, have a good night. <laughs> Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Thanks for having me, man. If you haven't yet, vote yes on 27. Let's be able to use DraftKings legally in California. Not represented by any political group or anything, just my own thoughts and feelings. Absolutely, and shout out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, hey, hey.